Humans, 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 what is up? Welcome to the Sydney Hollow Show. Earliest you can hear this episode is February 14th, St. Valentine's Day. This is the first Tuesday after the Super Bowl that you can hear this, of course. I'm recording it a day previous. So humans, jam-packed show for you today. Of course you know I'm going to go Super Bowl commercial reaction. Super Bowl commercial bones to pick. We're also going to talk about the playing surface, something we started doing weeks ago here at the show. Sure, sure, everyone's talking about it right now. Well, we started talking about this weeks ago, and well, what do we have to say to that? And folks, in addition to all of that, we have an interview with a singer, close personal friend of mine, Bree Wilson. And if we haven't heard about them enough, we will talk gender reveals once again here on the show. A topic, I wouldn't say I love talking about gender reveals. I wish I never had to talk about one again. But if they won't go away, then neither will we. So I'll tell you how we're going to do this. We're going to talk a little halftime show. We're going to talk some halftime show. Then we're going to pop over to my interview with Bree, a fantastic singer. And then we're going to talk Super Bowl commercial reaction. And we have to talk about the playing surface. And of course, humans, if at any time we talk about something that you're just like, I don't agree with that. Or, yes, Sid, bravo. Or did you know this, Sid? You can always participate in the show by emailing listenerline at sydneyhollowshow.com. You can send an old-fashioned typed email, or you can record your voice into the voice memo recorder on your smartphone, hit the share button, and email that recording to listenerline at sydneyhollowshow.com and have your voice heard. Welcome to the Sydney Hollow Show. This is The Hideaway. Settle in. Let's break bread together. Well, the Super Bowl halftime show did not disappoint. Rihanna, we know her songs, we love her dancing. Lights up, camera up, and what happens in living rooms and in bars across America? What is the bump? What is the bump? I'm sure someone said it aloud at a party and someone shushed and said, you shouldn't say that. We shouldn't speculate about people's weight. We shouldn't speculate about parts of people's bodies that may or may not be sticking out. But if beer is flowing at a Super Bowl party, more and more people might say, no, no, I think something's going on. Is this on purpose? The camera seems to be focusing on Rihanna's belly from time to time. It's not just in our imaginations. Are they trying to say something? Of course, people think, is she pregnant? That's suddenly, that conversation is happening in living rooms across America, in bars. Then people that are more into, you know, the people that read People Magazine and whatnot, they start saying, well, she had her last kid this day. Is it possible she's pregnant now? Now, humans, you know me. I'm willing to hear it all. I'm like, is she? But then again, there's some other stuff 
that's been going on in the world lately. I think to myself, okay, I guess she could be pregnant. But, but just because there's something round that you can see in someone's torso area doesn't necessarily mean they're with child. I'll be honest, humans. You know what I thought it was? Thought she was hiding an M&M in there. I thought she was hiding an M&M in her shirt. I thought a spokes candy was going to jump out and say, we won't go away. We are back. Take that, Tucker Carlson. I, th I thought for sure we were going to get an M&M spokes candy jumping out. And I know who else would have liked that. Our old pal, Mr. Red. If you're new to the show, episode 132, I interviewed, well, there's no better way to put it than possibly a M&M spokes candy sex addict. You can call me Mr. Red. You know, I, I think that, you know, all beings have an intrinsic sexuality. The M&M's candy characters are not only not an exception to that rule, but uh, perhaps one of the great examples of it. If you want to hear more about that, check out episode 132, where I interview Mr. Red. I think he would have liked that. So that was my bet. Again, in living rooms across America for 10 minutes or however long the actual singing was, people were speculating, is she pregnant? Isn't she pregnant? Wow, what a reveal. Is this Super Bowl halftime history? I'm hanging on to my theory. Please let an M&M spokes candy jump out from underneath her outfit. Of course, that didn't happen. Now, while I'm sitting there thinking this, I was thinking, if Rihanna's pregnant, don't just leave it here. You know, don't just have her do this performance, have us all wondering, have it quote unquote break the internet. And then don't just have like a rep confirm it. No, no. What, what, what needed to happen, what needed to happen, what would have made this the most, the greatest Super Bowl halftime show in history is if when Rihanna was singing, shine bright like a diamond, if when she was doing that, if suddenly, pink or blue smoke just started emitting from whatever pyrotechnic things they have there at the Super Bowl. Shine bright like a diamond. And then gender reveal. And then gender reveal. That's what we were missing on Super Bowl Sunday, humans. It's not enough to tease me with a pregnancy. It's not enough to say this made history. Give me that gender reveal with me and millions of others. Now, Sid, what the heck? You hate gender reveals. You've done episodes about hating gender reveals. You made us think before you you dislike them. Humans, I do still dislike them. But am I not a product of my own society? Does art imitate life? Or does life imitate art? Humans, I don't know. Wow, amazing sound system rolling by. Folks, that's an Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. And that thing sounds incredible. 
Anyway, back to gender reveals. If you can't beat them, join them. Let's take a tragic pause here for a second, humans. I know we're chomping at the bit to get to my interview. But humans, let's just take a little pause here. Little tragedy this week in New York City. Authorities came upon a pink pigeon. This pigeon was taken to a wildlife rescue. The pigeon was named Flamingo. And it was struggling. And what people, what did the sleuths, what did the authorities decide? They decided that this was likely a pigeon that was spray painted pink for a gender reveal. We've gone too far. We've gone too far. Tragically, humans, I don't mean to bring down the mood in the room. Tragically, the pigeon passed away a few days later, despite all the efforts of the wildlife rescue. We've gone too far, humans. I know I was laughing. I know I've laughed when people have perished. I know I've laughed when people have perished during gender, gender reveals. I guess I just feel like humans know what they're getting into. We should not be injuring animals over gender reveals. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the bird. I'm laughing at the absurdity of where these things have gone. But if we think those are the only gender reveals going on around here, well, we're just crazy. Now, yes, I would have liked to have seen one in the Super Bowl on Sunday night. That would have broken the internet. But humans... Those of you that pay attention to the news, a balloon floated across our country a week and a half ago. In the last few days, more unidentified flying objects, balloons, have been flying over our country and Canada and have been shot down by U.S. fighter pilots. Some are saying spies from overseas. You know what I'm saying? Unregulated gender reveals. Unregulated gender reveals. People are floating objects the size of 18-wheelers into the sky, and I bet it's not spies. I bet it's gender reveals. This has gone too far. And while we're on the topic, are balloons, is this the end of the balloons' heyday? Because some of these balloons have been linked to overseas spies? Is this the end of balloons as a party favor as we know it? The next time you or I go to a children's birthday party and there's balloons, is someone going to like sidle up next to us and say, huh, can't believe they would have balloons at this. I thought balloons were passe. Are balloons about to become politicized. Will you be accused of being un-American if you have balloons at your New Year's Eve party? At your child's birthday party? At God only knows what? I don't know, humans. We'll see. We'll see. And congratulations to Rihanna on her pregnancy. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was fun. I thought they, I thought... They created a moment. They created a moment. 
Congratulations to Rihanna. Okay, folks, as promised, here is today's interview. Humans, it's my esteemed pleasure to welcome to the show a singer, a soprano, in fact. If you folks like my voice, what do you get a load of this? This is a close personal friend of mine. This is Bree Wilson. Welcome to the Sydney Hollis Show. Welcome to the Hideaway, Bree. Hello. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. The, the humans are excited. You're the first <laughs> musician we've had on the show. Okay. I'm a music lover, Bree. I mean, when I get my Spotify unwrapped every year, I don't share it. I don't. That's not me. But the amount of hours yeah. of music I listen to is just. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Yes. What an introduction, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> and you're a soprano, so um, and it all. You also paint, which I want to get to in a I little do. bit as well. I mean, okay. I, you know, I was checking out your social media. You know, trying to do, uh, you know, a little research, and I came across your uh, the fact that you paint. That's incredible. You're just quite the artiste. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I haven't gotten a lot of chances to paint um, since I moved to New York because, I mean, the apartments are shoeboxes, but that's okay. Like, I'm going to try and, like, you know, find space in a corner somewhere and yes. decrease the size of my canvases. <laughs> so. <laughs> now, speaking yeah. of New York, so uh, being a musician in New York and a singer, so just for me, this podcast, I get a little self-conscious sometimes if I'm speaking with a certain amount of emphasis or gusto that like my roommates <laughs> or my neighbors can hear me. But I mean, your medium is song. How do you, how do you find the the gumption to, to practice in your own home? I'm assuming you practice in your own home. I definitely do. And they never say anything. I just I'm so loud, Sydney. Like I am. <laughs> I literally will, I go in the living room because so, I have to record self tapes. Yes. Um, and so I go in the living room and then I like play the TV with like the instrumentals and everything. And I set up my ring light and I'm literally in the middle of the living room. I push <laughs> the couch all the way to the wall so that like the, the floor is blank and I just belt it out and nobody <laughs> says anything. And I'm just happy that they don't like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just happy they don't. So yeah. yeah, like yeah. Well, that's a word. The word belt. I learned that. I, I had some friends that were auditioning for um, Broadway musicals for a while and that kind of a thing, and they were the ones that taught me the word belt. I mean, to really, yes. really let loose. Oh yeah, that's like controlled yelling right there. <laughs> it is. I mean, I get nervous just playing. Like, I'm a, I'm a very, uh, I'm a guitar hobbyist. But even when I play okay. that, I get nervous. And after about 40 minutes, I'm like, oh, all right. I wonder if everyone's had enough. I'll push through for a solid hour, but I'm like, oh, I wonder. Like, I get, you know, I get worried. But I guess that's part of living in New York is we have neighbors and we, right. we have to be able to have a push and pull a little bit. Right. I deal with them like when they have like their little <laughs> arguments or like their spats or whatever. Like everyone in my building um, speaks Spanish pretty much. And there are some people in here who don't speak really good English. So maybe that's why like they don't say anything. To me. <laughs> but like, I mean, I reckon like, I mean, there are some people who do. And I feel like I mean, you know, if they were bothered enough, they would make sure that like, hey, can you go tell the girl downstairs to shut up? And if, you, 
like but you know they don't so like i'm just really happy about that i mean but push through sydney like i reckon if they ever get tired of you i think they would say something fair so, enough you know, yeah be it not i can't be afraid to just to be me no don't be afraid now brie we're fellow southerners I, i'm from georgia you're from mississippi when yeah. did you move to new york it was fairly recently right it was. It was exactly a year ago last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. At the end of January, beginning of February is when I moved. And did you did you move here to pursue your, your singing dream? Is that is that the motivation? Is that why you chose New York? I did. I had always had plans of moving here, but there was always something that got in the way, whether it was finding a roommate, finding a job. Like some people would flake on me because there were other people like um, other colleagues that I had back in college and that they were supposed to move to New York as well. But like, I don't know, like they just kept flaking. So I was just like, you know what? I'm coming by myself. I don't have any family. I don't have any friends out here. I know a few alumni, so I'll be okay for the meantime. Okay. And then like now I'm fine. I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> Lots of friends. <laughs> well, it's kind of scary. When I first moved here, sometimes I felt like, well, I'm just, I'm a tourist with a job. Like that was the only way I could wrap my head around being yeah. here. And, and right. like, yeah, it was just, I mean, I would, I would come home from outings and be like, oh God, I made it back. I made it back home. Yes. Like, just... Oh my God. Seriously. I used to get lost on the train. <laughs> like I got lost about like, I don't know, like four times on my way home from work because I would forget the route I took to get there. It was just, it was, it was, it was tough. <laughs> yeah. It was tough. Now, so I've done some acting and, uh, you know, I used to do stuff at a comedy theater. And so I kind of know the way that that works. I mean, you kind of get up mm -hmm. on stage and sometimes casting directors show up. Sometimes they don't. But you can also find websites to submit, submit to an audition for. But I don't really know the process uh, as being a singer. I mean, I guess it's pretty similar. You were talking about self tapes. Are there websites where you go and then you, people want to hear your work? Do you have a reel or do you do a new submission every time? How does all that how does all that work? It's like, it's a variety of different things, right? So there are different websites that you can go on to find auditions and things like that. And just according to whatever um, audition, like um, directions they have, that's what you do. So if they say, hey, we need you to record a self-tape saying these lines and singing this song, then you'll record a self-tape singing those lines and singing <laughs> that song. Or um, they'll be like, hey, um, also, could you add a reel to that? Or could you add like a dance reel to that? And then that's like, um, or sometimes they just want you to submit a reel and that's it. So okay. like, you know, it's just a variety of different things. And like, also, you can just, they have in-person auditions where you don't have to send a tape in. You don't have to do anything else like that. I have an agent now. So like, oh. um, it all just depends, right? Ooh. Wow. 
it all just depends on like how good your agent is in representing you um, and presenting you as their client. Like they'll speak on your behalf as far as like, oh yeah, my client is an experienced person. Like she sang behind a band before she can sing, um, you know, and she sang in various ensembles. So this wouldn't be a problem for her. Could you please schedule her an appointment to audition at three 30? And then they'll be like, yeah. And then they'll just send the script and the song. And then, so I don't have to like do a self tape or anything like that, but like, obviously for like things that are out of state or like, um, if they want to do callbacks later in person, then, you know, I'll have to send it a self tape. So it's everything. Okay. And it's just a variety of things. Wow. And do you <laughs> lean more towards, do you, do you, I know you've done some, some theater kind of musical type things. Do you lean more towards that? Do you lean more towards like just being straight up recording artist, like solo person? What's, where's your, what's your, what are you striving for? Or what's your favorite kind of a thing? I lean more towards musical theater and film and television. Um, I love the solo artist thing, but for whatever reason, it just seems to be, it's like, I love, I I don't even know how to explain. Like, I love recording artists and I love what they do and I love to listen to their music, but sometimes I feel like the work to do it is not necessarily something that I enjoy. Like, I kind of don't like being in the studio for really long periods of time, you know? And then, like, if I like the song that I wrote, nobody else likes it. I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that I don't believe in myself because I do. But, like, yeah. I feel like sometimes it's just easier to sing things that I know people like and that, you know, would probably, I don't know. I just don't have to spend hours in the studio, like, doing that. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I focus more on musical theater and film and television. I'm eventually sure. going to get into um recording artist things and like you know writing my own songs and doing all that type of stuff um but for now i'm just focusing on one thing my dream is broadway so yeah yes well you know i i tend to lean toward i mean this podcast is a solo endeavor but in other times in my life i've really leaned towards ensemble work myself it's it's kind of fun you you build friendships and you build relationships and and there's nothing like that excitement right before a show where you're super nervous, but you know your your fellow um, teammates or, or actors have your have your back, you know. And it's yeah. just like this this very the energy backstage right before a performance is is, is just it makes my hands sweat just talking about it. But it's so yeah. fun, and you go out there share that moment. And when it's over with, you know, you're all just patting each other on the back. It's it's there's something great about ensemble work. Right. It's very fun. Right. The camaraderie is always there, especially like and then it gives you an opportunity to network too. like um, pretty much everybody who does anything in the arts. So whether you're like backstage and like not actually like on stage doing anything, if you're like a musician and you don't sing or if you're like the, the sound guy or like pretty much anybody that's doing anything that has to do with the arts or like lights or anything. They're usually artistic people and everybody's pretty much so charismatic and they have connections <laughs> and they know everybody, you know what I mean? So like yes. any, that anytime like there's a show or anytime there's something else, they'll invite you there. And then I don't know, it's just kind of like you have this lifelong network or like stream of friends that you don't really know, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
it's like, I don't know. It's an artist thing. And I'm just grateful to be a part. Yeah, it's it's fun how you meet other artists and there's just a like-mindedness that's that's like, yeah. oh, you can sniff them out at a party a little bit, you know? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Now, Brie, you, you're a soprano. You know, I learned yeah. that uh, by your social media. I don't really know what that means. I've heard of tenors. I've heard of sopranos. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. What? <laughs> okay <laughs> so um so it's a voice it's a voice category so um like uh soprano is the highest and then okay. you have and then you have altos and this is usually what the women are categorized as so the women with lower voices are of course of out are altos and then the okay. women with higher voices are sopranos um and then you have tenors who are the higher voiced men okay you have baritone which um that's like in the middle between tenor and the last one which is bass ah so a bass can sound like i don't know like a barrel rolling down the street you ever heard sure <laughs> like anybody like uh barry white yeah you know what i mean that yeah. type of like growly gravelly type but they sing down there and it projects so loud and so that all the way up into tenor. Um, uh, who's a tenor? Who's a tenor? Maxwell, maybe. Um, Maxwell. I don't know if I'm familiar with Maxwell. This woman's word. This woman's word. That that guy. Okay. He sings okay. Up there all the time. So like the higher voiced men are up there, and then baritone, of course, is in the middle of that. Ah, now Brie, you made me a playlist of of like soulful <laughs> Christmas songs this year, and I loved it. I do love it. I can't wait for Christmas to come around again. Uh, I'm a purist. I'll wait until Thanksgiving is over. Thank yeah. you very much. But um, there, yeah, one of the temptations in the Silent Night version that you sent me, he he uh -huh. has a very bassy sound, like that yeah. very very low bassy sound. Yeah. Um his name is um they called him blue but his name was melvin um what was his name what's his last name uh anyway um yeah, yeah he has he was the bass and then of course um there was eddie hendrix who i mean eddie kendrix who was the um tenor of the group and he oh. was the one that was that sang the little top part silent night and then like the middle was like, um, what did he say? I don't know. He uh, did like more of the talking parts. That was like yeah. the baritone. And then towards the end of the song, it was like, solid yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean about a barrel rolling down the street. It kind of sounds like that. Yeah. Wow. And humans, yeah. if you're interested, that's Silent Night by The Temptations, a fantastic, fantastic yes. recording. Yes. Uh, now, Brie, His name just, was Melvin just, Franklin. Okay, yeah, Melvin, Melvin Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Now, Brie, just for my own selfish interests here, what what category do you think my voice would be in, or do I have to sing or something? Or you can already tell with your ear. You would probably have to sing, but if I was guessing, I would think you are a baritone. Okay. But I really don't know, um, because a lot of tenors um, are usually 
pretty soft-spoken um, and they kind of tend to speak in the higher parts of their voices. And if they don't speak in the higher parts of their voices, they kind of speak in the middle or the lower range and it comes out really soft. It's like- interesting. Yeah, like when they when they start to speak, it's like you like they're the master whisperers of the the male voice types, because like when you hear them speak, it doesn't travel very, very far if they're speaking like, you know, regularly versus someone who's a bass can like be sharing a secret across the room. You might not be able (laughs) to hear exactly what they're saying, but you'll be able to know like you'll be like, who is that? Like. (laughs) I hear something like there's a bumblebee like buzzing in my ear. Um, yeah, that'll be that. That's like a bass. And then for you, I would say your voice projects really well. Um, and you do have like a bass quality. You have that. Okay. Um, yeah, you have that. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. You have that gravelly sound that travels, but oh. it's not as strong as a bass would like a, a like a bass bass would have like okay, somebody like Harry would have so i would think you were in the middle but i don't know you'd have to sing for me for me to really find out you know i'll 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll do that definitely brie <laughs> okay <laughs> now you know artists we we strive we, we we do what it takes to pursue our endeavors um if you don't mind me saying you you work overnights which seems yes. like um, a whole lifestyle. And I've always been fascinated by that because I always picture that like, oh, the rest of the world more or less operates on a nine to five. And even when you don't work those hours, that's sort of, you know, everyone kind of takes their cues from society being that way. But when it's overnight, I always wonder like, do overnight workers, do you guys, do you guys have happy hour at eight o'clock in the morning? Do you have secret? <laughs> Do you have secret lives we don't know about that it's all going on in, in plain sight? I don't even know. <laughs> like pretty much everyone in my family works overnight. So my sister works overnight. My other sister works like halfway overnight. She starts work at 4 a.m. Okay. And then I have a cousin and an aunt. We all work overnight. So like just as much as people talk on the phone during the day, I do at night <laughs> while I'm at work because I'm like, I need to stay up. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so I, it's like, that's kind of, I don't know, something about my life that people wouldn't assume right off. They probably are like, oh, she probably like just watches Netflix. But like, no, <laughs> like I really have like at least like a small social circle that I can talk to at night. Um, Fair enough. Let's see. And then like during the day, uh, of course I sleep, but then when I wake, there's just tons of things to do. I mean, it's just like a regular, you know, like a regular job, you know, yeah. I, only difference is I work overnight and then I have to find time to do everything else. Just like you would, if you would get off at 5 PM, like, you know, I just have Fair to enough. find time. Yeah. You still have to do your laundry. You still have to eat. Just, yeah. That's just the very basic things. <laughs> it really like, it's the only it really sucks to have to do that like after work, especially when you work <laughs> overnight because you have to stay up right until your laundry is done. Right. And so that like, if you don't have like ugh, New York, here we go. Um, if you don't have like a washer and dryer in, in your house, like yeah. you have to like, haul all of your crap to the laundromat or like, you know, do a drop off service. And of course, like wait and stay up even longer <laughs> Um, to go and pick it up unless of course um 
you know, you want to leave it there the next day, but like, who wants to do that? Like, right. And it costs a lot I, more. It costs at least three times more than doing it, you know, yourself. Right. And that's the only thing that really sucks. Like getting things done like that. It has to be like every, like once every two weeks. Cause I just, I, ugh, I hate it. I hated laundry when I had a washer and dryer in my house. <laughs> and now it's like, you know what? You know what? And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going a little bit long on this question. No, but I love know, it. When I moved here, everybody talked about how country I was, right? <laughs> and I know I speak in a country way and this and that and the third, but I was like, look, I said, I have never had to put my laundry in a big sack and roll it down the street <laughs> and take it to the laundromat and like do all of this stuff, like haul it up and down the stairs. I said, that is the most country thing. Like for this to be like the norm for you guys, like yeah. I feel like I work on an Amish farm because <laughs> there's like no, like, like the, all of the buildings are old. So it's hard to find a building with central air. Yes. So I have to buy my own air. I have to <laughs> haul my laundry down the stairs, down the street. Like, what is this, 1850? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I love it's New so York true. and everything. It's very true. And I was like, I love New York and everything. And it's the city, but that is the countryest thing I have ever. It's like, this is like the most country life I've ever lived. I mean, like, people seriously. give the South a hard time, you know, about yes. like about stuff like this. But, but <laughs> this is like this city can be very non-modern. Yes. yes. I was like, oh, my God. I didn't <laughs> think that I had to like, you know, when you um, when you're looking for a, a place to live, like yeah. whether you're looking on like Zillow or whatever. I didn't know I had to do like the check boxes that said <laughs> central heat because I was just thinking, I mean, central air, because I was just yeah. thinking like, oh, all the buildings have that. You know what I mean? But <laughs> That's just normal. I was wrong. Like <laughs> I was totally wrong. I did have to check the little box. Okay. <laughs> in the summertime, if you don't, you're going to die. Okay. <sighs> You so, know, weird yeah. thing about me, Brie, I try to see how late into the summer I can go without turning on my AC. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll usually get to two sleepless nights. If I have two sleepless nights in a row, it's time to turn it on. Oh, my gosh. No, no, Sydney. <laughs> turn it on. Turn it just it kind on. of reminds me of home in some way, just being hot <laughs> and sticky. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Now. One more question about the overnight here. So, Brie, mm -hmm. I, I have a strong disliking for the AT&T and their commercials. They, they, just, they get me fired up. I, I, it's, it's a whole it's a whole thing. But there was a commercial this holiday season where it's the, the typical AT&T girl. She has like kind of the short haircut and mm -hmm. there's a bunch of people texting and it starts out as a very sweet commercial. It's it's someone working. Um, like it shows all these workers doing the overnight shift, someone in a hospital, someone at like a coffee place, all these various things. And uh -huh. they're texting and then they end up texting with Santa and they're like, oh, please, you only do this one day a year, Santa. Right. They're all uh -huh. living this overnight lifestyle. But this is what this is what this is what chaps my ass a little bit, Brie, is that the AT&T girl is also on this text thread. Now, I've never in my life seen an AT&T store that's open 24 hours. So why are they no. leading me to believe that she's working an overnight shift? And as an overnight person yourself, are you offended by that? Is that offensive? Oh my God. 
gosh. <laughs> I have never seen that commercial. She's working at AT&T overnight? Yes, that's it's kind of implied. Like she's got her name tag on and she's in this text thread with all these other overnight workers. So that's what's implied. And I just it's baffling because I'm sure as someone who's up all night, you would love it if some stores were open. You know, you could take care of some things during your break. Right. And it's a, it's offensive is what it is. It is offensive. I'm offended <laughs> because if, if, if we're going to act like, you know, everything is open overnight, make everything open overnight. Okay. I don't yes. want to have to stay up and like do all this. Cause again, like I get off work really, really early in the morning. So like, even at this time stores aren't even open you know what i mean right right so like that's just because i have to wait even longer to go to bed to wait until the store opens <laughs> so i can go in there and get what i need and yeah. then leave and then haul all of my groceries down the street new york in a basket <laughs> perhaps or a bag that i have to pay for and then you know what i mean like that's just the oh oh i'm offended i am offended yes <laughs> excellent i'm glad we're on the same page there Bri. Yes. Well, you, you can always come back to the show for any of your at&t commercials hate i'm a, i love it now um you're painting that now mm-hmm. as someone who's pursuing something in the arts sometimes i don't make time for me to do a little drawing or guitar playing because i'm like oh if i'm gonna be doing creative stuff i should only do work on the podcast but then all that does is really psych me out so how do you find the time to pursue your other your other interests how do you how do you um how do you make the time for painting well like it really just started off as something i was doing to like keep my mind preoccupied i don't even know where it came from like my mom used to paint um my dad he's a he's a natural artist he's a carpenter and like my sister paints like everybody pretty much does it and I was like why don't I buy a canvas and see if I can do it so like I just did it one day and it was very like therapeutic for me um and then I just never stopped like um I would listen to the songs that I wanted to learn or songs that I wanted to sing and it used to help me like put the the songs in my subconscious or if I had like lines that I needed to learn yeah. I would just and play the lines over and over and over until they were in my subconscious and like I don't know it would just I don't know it was just like this big art fest going on my in my brain um <laughs> wow I love I it I mean know. so it's actually helps you express yourself and and get deeper into your into your passions yeah like deeper into character if that's what I'm doing or like deeper into the song like um there are some um there are some full songs that I've listened to like on repeat while I was painting and like tried to make like a visual representation of what the song means to me in relation to my life so like I don't know. They're just like, I have so many ideas that I haven't seen being done or that I'm not satisfied with seeing. And I want to create my own so bad, you know, whether they're good or bad or whatever, you know, it's just therapeutic to like express something and then be able to like hang it up and like see it. And then the next year, the next year, the next year after that, be able to see it. And it brings you back to the thoughts that you were having or like a time in your life where you wanted to express like grief or like a time when you were really happy or like, I don't know. It just helps you to remember that time like much like very well. So, I mean, 
Wow. Um, yeah, like if I'm having an off season, like, or if I'm just like, I don't know, this art thing can get really, um, really stressful. Sometimes you hear a lot of no's. And yes. so like if I'm depressed or something like that, like that would be something that I would pick up and do. Um, yeah. Wow. And then I would have time to do it because I mean, of course you can start and stop whenever you'd like. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. You so you, it sounds like you bring a lot of emotion to your, to your artwork. <laughs> Yeah, I do. And like sometimes it's just for fun, you know, um, sure. but like there are some emotional pieces that I have. Yeah, definitely. And they're visually emotional, too. Like I will literally draw a woman like paint a woman crying. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you're going you know? through something and you kind of just wow. Yeah. Or so if ex I'm really ex expressive. If, if yeah. What did what you say? If you're. Or if I'm really like grateful for something happening, like it would yeah. be like a uh, tears with joy, like, or, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just therapeutic to be able to express with words, without words in song and without saying anything at all, you know? Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of expressing yourself and these kind of pursuits, um, do you do you have any live performances? Are you performing live anytime soon here in New York or anything like that? I do. I do. So there is a um, there's a it's an ode to black musicals. Um, okay. So basically all of the songs that are on the program are from black musicals. Some of them aren't really um um as no like as known as other ones um okay. and, and we've tried to like make sure that we highlight those songs as well okay because some of them probably made it to broadway once some of them probably never made it to broadway but nevertheless are very famous musicals um and we just tried to make sure we highlighted most of them and a lot of them that have been forgotten about so every single song that's on this program whether it's a group ensemble piece or a solo piece is written for a black musical um oh, wow. yay black history month february yes um, but yeah, so I'm I will be singing at 54 below. Okay. Um, uh February the 19th and it's going to be at 9:30 p.m. and you can actually go to the 54below.com/events website and then oh, they'll cool. have like a list of all of the events that they're having, not just mine, but just the um even the other uh wonderful events that they'll be having on different nights. Um, so yeah, that I do have something live coming up and it's that. So that's hope, cool. That's um, on February 19th at 54 below. And what was the name of the show again? The It's, it's called make them hear you and okay. black them... musicals. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. February 19th at 9 PM. Yes. 9 30 PM. Oh, 9 30 PM. Forgive me. Yes, forgive me. Well, the humans will just and be a little early. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Sunday. So, yeah. Sundays are a fun night to go out. They're a lot right? of fun. Right? Just Now, what yeah. about Now, what mm -hmm. about if, if the humans want to to hear some of your singing, can they can they find your social media and 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 similarly with your painting? How can we how can we find, listen to and see your work? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram uh at Keetra. It's K E E C H R A. Um, and then from that page, um, I have 
my paint page in my bio. So you can click that if you'd like yes. to see some of my work. I also do um, digital logos and flyers for people. Um, you know, when I do have like the free time. And yeah, if you want to see like little snippets of me in song, those are also on my page. Um, yeah. That's great. Uh, well, Brie, this is this has been a lot of fun. Um, I, I hope I can reach back out to you occasionally when I've got a singing question or a music question or, or even a painting uh, question of for course. that matter. Of um, course. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would like to leave us humans with? You know, <laughs> Valentine's Day is around the corner. I, I, you know, any anything on your mind? Any nuggets we should take with us, Bree? I mean. Always express yourself, never, um, never dial yourself back, whether that's, uh, again, with words, without words or whatever, like pick up something. Um, I don't know, like there are so many things that we can do to express ourselves. So like, um, I feel like a lot of the, you know, especially on Valentine's Day coming up, some of us don't have a Valentine, some of us do. And like, whatever you're going to do that day to keep yourself from being like, you know, depressed or like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know if people get really sensitive about Valentine's Day, but like, if you if you do find yourself without a Valentine, make sure you're doing something to express yourself. If, if you are feeling down that day, make sure it comes out. Don't bottle, bottle, bottle it up. Do like a sip and paint by yourself. Oh, like, I you like know, that. Yeah. Something like a little date night and then express oh. yourself on this canvas and then see what happens. Oh, express I love yourself. that. That's the message. Express oh, yourself. Oh, I love it. You make me want to go do a <laughs> sip and paint right now. Honestly, that yes. sounds like a lot of fun. That's going to be really fun. <laughs> Well, Bree, thank you for coming on the show, folks. She's she's at Keechra K E E C H R A on Instagram. It's been a real pleasure. I hope to have you back soon, and I look forward to singing for you. Okay, see you soon, Sydney. Thank you for having me. All right, thank you so much, Bree. Okay. <laughs> wow, wow, she's a pro. What a fun conversation humans and what a voice i mean just listening to brie talk sounds great but if you want to hear her live she'll be at 54 below on sunday the 19th the name of the show is make them hear you an ode to black musicals well that was fantastic thanks again brie so humans the super bowl has come and gone of course the kansas city chiefs won just like they did in 2020 is this our do-over does life return to how it was before the pandemic? Did we just pick up where we left off? Oh, the Chiefs won in February of 2020. Now the Chiefs have won in February of 2023. Perhaps we pick up where we left off and we just pretend these last three years never happened. That's up for you to decide, humans. Let me know your decision. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. But along with the Super Bowl came some commercials. You know I've been fired up about some of these. We were waiting with bated breath to, th to see what the M&Ms did. All right, all right, it was all right. Of course, they teased the idea that they were rebranding the, the name of M&Ms to Ma and Yaz, and they had Maya Rudolph do the spokes, spokespersoning. And they teased us that they were going to be called chocolate-covered clam bites instead of, you know, just a little 
treats that they've always been known as. It was fine. It was a little entertaining. I'm glad the Spokes Candies are back. Maybe if they committed harder to the idea, they could have actually you know, pulled the wool over on us. They could have actually, you know, done a gotcha. I would have liked that. But whatever. I'm glad the Spokes Candies are back. And again, so is Mr. Red from episode 132. If you're curious, go check it out. Where to go now? I've been complaining about Google Pixel. That's like a Google phone. I've been complaining about Google Pixel camera phone ads. They talk about like erasing quote unquote annoying distractions. Now, first of all, the, the people behind these ads, uh, they're out of touch. Because a lot of times the thing that they're circling and erasing is the interesting part of the photo, is the cool people. Is the people willing to let loose and express themselves. You should be circling. They, they've got it all backwards. The lamos need to be circled and deleted from these photos. Keep the cool people in. But it's just stupid. It's just more of this quote-unquote Instagram versus reality. Hey, take these photos in a crowded place and make it look like you were the only one there. Okay, for who? So now we're so now we really are supposed to be living our whole lives for what everyone thinks that we're up to, for what everyone thinks that we're up to, versus what we're actually up to. It's not about me going to the mall and posing next to Santa Claus and a Christmas tree. It's not about me experiencing that. It's about me going to the mall, posing with Santa Claus and a Christmas tree, and then deleting the other shoppers, right? That's not what I experienced. It's not what I'm experiencing in the moment. Are we living for ourselves or are we living for everyone else? And Google would have you believe you're living for everyone else. Ridiculous. I mean, really, what's the... What's the end goal here? Is it for me to go see like Bad Bunny in concert and then I take a selfie and I edit out the other thousands of people there so it looks like it's just, you know, me on one side of an arena and Bad Bunny on the other? Is that the end game here? Is to just start, yeah, yeah. Well, I was at Madison Square Garden last night. It was just me and Bad Bunny. Or so my Google Pixel camera phone would have you believe. Anyway, humans, it's a big giant F for Google. Not that, not that we didn't already think that they deserved an F. Now, something happened during one of these Super Bowl commercials, humans, that I was not expecting. I was watching the game. I was very relaxed. I'd had a lot of domestic beers. I ingested some legal cannabis. I'd had portions of an authentic Philly cheesesteak. I'd had sausage, chicken, chips, dessert, you name it. I'm relaxed. I'm vibing. I'm sinking into the couch. I'm watching the game. Friends around me. Life is good. I've let my guard down. And something happened that I didn't expect. Like I said, I'm on a couch. I'm chill. I'm relaxed. And then, boom, like a freight train, boom, 
I was not on my couch. I was playing pickup basketball and I just got dunked on. Wondering what the heck just happened. Humans, if you know the moment, here it is. Today, let's thank Canada. Thank you for legends of music and heroes of comedy. Thank you for this heartthrob. Thank you, Canada, for peanut butter, the paint roller, and poutine. That's french fries with cheese and gravy. It's good. Thank you for creating the replay. The walkie. And the battery. The egg carton. The ironing board. The electric wheelchair. Hawaiian pizza. Instant potatoes. Canola oil. Trash bags. And thank you for this. Thank you for giving us hockey, basketball, and thank you for football. What? No way. Yeah. Look it up. Thank you, Canada. Thank you. What? Was that necessary? Was that necessary? We're having the most American night. I'm on a couch on a Sunday night with friends, enjoying delicious foods, relaxed, letting my guard down. And then you poster dunk on me? You reveal that football is a Canadian invention? Folks, for those, for those of you not familiar with the phrase, you get posterized in the NBA when someone dunks on you so, so tremendously that it would make a great poster. They just posterized me, and I'm, I'm guessing anyone else that let their guard down enough to actually enjoy some television last night. Was that necessary? Did you have to make me feel bad? It made me feel bad. I don't have any beef with Canada. I'd like to go sometime. But did you have to dunk on me like that? And to go back to the Google Pixel camera phone ad, they do make a joke about taking yourself out of a posterized dunk. And well, I'd like to do that now. I would like to take myself out of the situation where Crown Royal and Dave Grohl of the Food Fight Foo Fighters just let me have it. Ouch. Freaking ouch. I'm going to drink tonight. Now, humans, of course, there's no shortage of celebrities that are willing to water down their achievements as actors, as thespians, as artists, and, and again, uh, mirrors of society. Adam Driver, hot name in Hollywood right now, and now in a Squarespace commercial. Cool. And our boy, Miles Teller. Miles Teller from Whiplash and most importantly, Top Gun Maverick plays the son of Goose. The son of beachy, sun-tanned, sun-kissed Meg Ryan. And he does some Bud Light dancing to hold music ad. Eh. C plus. Not the most, not the worst ad a celebrity could be in. And you know, I'm not going to talk too badly about anyone associated with Top Gun, I suppose. And of course, there's an uproar. There's an uproar that we talked about here weeks ago. Of course, I'd be referring 
to the He Gets Us campaign, the Jesus campaign, to use the slang. We already talked about this, humans. We already know that if you follow the money, it trickles up through one organization to another. And it's some far-right, quote-unquote, Christian. And I use the word quotes because there's nothing very forgiving about these people. Far-right Christian groups that, among other things, are anti-LGBTQ, anti-abortion, and others. And they make these ads that kind of hook people. And a lot of people are started talking about them on Saturday and on Super Bowl Sunday, obviously. Well, we were ahead of the curve on that one. <laughs> we already talked about it here at the show, humans. That's why, that's why you can't afford not to listen to the Sydney Hollis show. Because we have our finger on the pulse of society. And humans, before we start talking about the Super Bowl playing surface, which is also a topic we covered weeks ago. I do want to check in on the listener line, the course listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Chris in Guatemala was so inspired by my talks about Super Bowl squares, Super Bowl boxes, that he made his own at his Super Bowl party. And he wrote in a couple of photos. That's a nice looking grid, all 100 squares filled out which is not easy to do, humans. And he emailed the show, the title of the email, Super Bowl Squares. Not so compelling, but I thought I'd share anyways. Definitely got everyone at the party into the game. And of course, he, he sent two pictures of this beautiful poster board grid with 100 squares and, and you know the two teams on it. Great job, Chris. Glad the show's making a difference. And it does get people into the game. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And humans, while we're at it, there was a gathering of the humans in Mountain Time over the weekend. And they, they didn't send it to the listener line. They sent it to my private, my private contact. Some of you have, some of you don't. And they listened to the Sydney Hall Show in a hot tub together. Six humans in a hot tub together listening to the Sydney Hollis Show. Wow. It warms my heart the way it warmed your muscles. And I heard there was some clapback. I've been saying in the last few episodes that I've lived in New York for so long, I'm a little out of touch. And there was a little clapback on how I was speculating a Super Bowl party in the suburbs would go. And, and, and if you're if you're this person, or if you're Someone else that feels the same way. Well, let me know how I got it wrong. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Of course, record into the voice memo app on your smartphone. Hit the share button and email that clip to listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Okay, humans, the playing surface at the game. What the heck happened? State Farm Stadium. What the heck happened? It was all spelled out. It was all so easy. You go on State Farm Stadium's website. It says about. You read about the playing surface. It rolls in, it rolls out. But the surface itself, the surface 
itself is Tifway 419, a superior grass that's great for playing football on. We talked about it here on the show. Truck, listener truck called into the listener line and said, hey, I'll do you one better. We're talking about Tifway 419. Well, it's made at University of Georgia's. That seed was created at University of Georgia's Tifton campus. He was intimate with this, this grass, this sod. We, we took it into our lives here at the show. If you watched the game, which I'm sure many of you did, they kept saying the surface is bad. It's slick. They had to put on longer cleats during, during you know, when they had a chance, the players, either during halftime or between plays, between series. I'm like, what's going on? This isn't the grass I know about. Yeah, well, according to ESPN, in an article by Josh Weinfuss, they, a month ago, they ripped up the Tifway 419 grass from State Farm Stadium. And they ripped it up. They ripped it up. They threw it out. And they replaced it with Tahoma 31. Allegedly, they were growing this grass for two years in anticipation of the Super Bowl. And players are now saying, it's, some players have actually said it's the worst surface they've ever played on it. This is a quote from the article here. Tahoma 31 is a mix of two types of Bermuda grasses and ryegrass, and it was developed at Oklahoma State University. Give us our Tifway 419 grown at University of Georgia's Tifton campus. Tahoma 31 from Oklahoma State University sucked. Sucked. Maybe it sucks. It's like a golf grass. Hello? Why? Why? This article says that Tifway 419 is the gold standard of Bermuda grass. Why did they change it? As always, follow the money. Follow the money. I hope there's an I hope there's an expose. Maybe we'll do it here at the show. As to what took place, what changed hands for them to rip up the gold standard in Bermuda grass is Tifway 419 and replace it with Tahoma 31. We all saw the Eagles kicker slip on Sunday night. That wouldn't have happened on Tifway 419. State Farm Stadium, what are you doing? You you already had the grass. Just paint a couple logos on it and then move on. It's the saying, and it's true. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You just cause more problems. And another thing, you're in the sports world. Take a cue from other sports. In marathons, in half marathons, in triathlons, those, those events, those things, they say, train in the actual outfit you're going to wear on race day. Not something like it, but actually do a couple of training runs or a training run in the actual outfit. The shoes, the socks, 
the jersey, your, your shorts, the whole deal. Train in that. Train in that at least once. The actual outfit, so you can see if it's gonna chafe, so you can see if it's gonna wear weird. That way on race day, there's no surprises. You've got this Tiffway 419. You already use it. It's trained. You're trained to use it. You roll something else out that you've never tested, it's never been played on for the biggest event in live television in the world. Tahoma 31. Practice, practice. I mean, take a cue from marathoners. This is just, it's unforgivable. Tahoma 31. Slipping and sliding on the Super Bowl playing surface. People were saying it looked like goose pellets out there. The way the field was breaking apart. We had it. They had it figured out. Oh, boy. Follow the money. Follow the money. Well, humans, what a show. Interviews, Super Bowl reaction, gender reveals, playing surfaces. We had it all. If you're new to the show, thanks for listening. If, if some of this is hard to catch on to, well, just keep plugging away. Sometimes it feels a little inside. If you just keep plugging away, you'll get it. If you want to go back and listen to old ones, you can. But if you just start here and keep going, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Of course, to participate, listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. We talked about the overnight lifestyle. Maybe I've got it all wrong. We talked about Super Bowl commercials, gender reveals, and balloons. Let me know some reaction, humans. Peace and love. Peace and love. See you Friday.